to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com thanks for tuning in sluts and scholars is a sex positive shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter while we love to give advice and resources please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And today I welcome Hippie, also known as Karina V. She is a queer Puerto Rican dancer and is one of three admins who created and runs TVSC. TVSC is the first sex worker owned and operated strip club co-op. This means that all the profits from each of their shows are shared amongst entertainers in a given show. It's sex worker run and they have no discriminatory audition practices, no house fees, no tip sharing, no exploitation of sex workers. Um, and they have entertainers from all over the world who are LGBTQ plus friendly, body positive, and they don't participate in upholding the hierarchy. Welcome. Woo, welcome. Hi, thank you. <laughs> so I've definitely used the word hierarchy on the podcast before, but mm-hmm. can you tell me what that word means to you? Like, what is the hierarchy for people who have no idea? So the hierarchy is basically, you know, this upholding this idea that there are levels to what is okay within the bounds of being a sex worker. And there's a lot of privilege in that. Um, I feel like that's it. Like that there are some kind of sex workers that are better than others? Absolutely, yes. So like maybe an educated sex worker or a sex worker who is more high class, you know, a high class escort, for example, might be above um, a stripper in a whole mall strip club, right? Or someone who walks even. So there are different levels to it. There's, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into it. But we definitely do not discriminate against anybody. And we try to make sure that everyone feels welcome and seen here on this platform. <laughs> I love that. And when we're talking about the hierarchy, something you mentioned um, that it seems like you're somewhat open about is that you kind of started doing this work to escape some circumstances that weren't ideal. So whether that be trauma or poverty, and I love to talk to folks about that because I think there is such a negative stigma around any kind of sex work of like, oh, well, you have to be fucked up to want to do sex work. And (laughs) there are people who have had fucked up pasts who do sex work. So I want to like break down the stigma while also acknowledge that it's like, okay to do sex work because you had to. Absolutely. I don't want to say not, not I don't want, I don't mean non-consensually, but I mean because like you needed the money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we come from all all types of backgrounds, right? You know, there's there's me who, you know, I won't go too much into it, but I do come from a background of abuse and I was raised in pro- in poverty and you came into this in poverty and with this dream that, you know, stripping was going to change my life and it absolutely did. And while it's super empowering, um for some all the time, sometimes it's just empowering for others sometimes, right? So it's it's a little bit different for everybody, but it's also totally okay, I feel, to just want to be a stripper or want to be an escort or want to be in full service, whatever it is. It's your body. It's your choice, right? <laughs> I think the pushback that I've heard from some folks is like, okay, if you got into this 
for any reason other than you were like super excited to be a sex worker and you love it every day and you have no issue with it, then it must be non-consensual or sex trafficking. Absolutely not. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of people do feel that way. You know, my own family, they feel that way. And for that reason, of course, they don't condone what I do. And, you know, I've, I've had to have that hard conversation and let them know, like, yes, look, like I was in an icky corner whenever I got into this, right? But now, fortunately for me, you know, I'm in a place where this is empowering most of the time for me. This does help me pay my bills, and I do it in a way that is completely consensual for me, and actually I always have. So it's, it's a hard thing for people to wrap their minds around if they've never been around someone in sex work at least, right? And there's other kinds of jobs that people do because they have to. But sex work seems to be the one where people have to consistently defend why they're doing it. Absolutely. I, I think I was just listening to one of your podcasts where you said the exact same thing. That's absolutely true. Um, we do have to defend our jobs all the time, but so do people at fast food restaurants and people who work in janitorial services, right? So now you're doing this online platform. I'm guessing that came from like a need to still make money while we're in this fucking quarantine state. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, Gemma May came to me in my DMs on Instagram um, with this idea that we could open up this virtual strip club. Yes, for that exact reason. So that way we could help aid, you know, fellow sex workers in our community. Um, and I feel super passionate about that. And as soon as she brought up the idea, I was totally in 100%. Um, cause we need help, you know, and especially from other sex workers, there are a lot of men out here doing a similar thing to us, you know, but it's still exploitative. It's still men running it. We want, you know, this to be completely for sex workers. So why is it important and how is it different that this is sex worker run and initiated? I think that it's important because we get, we truly understand the exploitative parts of the business. You know, we don't charge you a house fee and have you in the hole as soon as you start entertaining for us. We don't uh, have you audition based on your body type or any other, you know, any other detail that has to do with your appearance. We don't, we don't discriminate against skill levels, you know, or skill types or kinks. You know, I feel like a lot of times those things are also looked down upon and shamed in the clubs and we're not able to express ourselves the way we want to. And who better, you know, to understand that than us? <laughs> what are some of the other like exploitative things you've had to deal with when working in a strip club? And, and you were talking about house fees. So for people who don't know, um, oftentimes dancers have to like basically pay an entry fee to dance that evening. And then maybe they get to keep a percentage of what they make. Right. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. So house fees can range, you know, depending on where you live. I live in the South. I live in Texas and house fees can be through the roof, especially if you're working for a really popular club. Like I like to bounce around at the popular clubs in my cities. And, um, and that's great. Cause you know, I know that they're a business and they have to run their business the way they see fit. But as soon as I walk in the door, say I want to get in, in at 10 o'clock, I may be $120 in the hole already. You know, and for some of us, like myself, you know, I deal with a lot of mental health issues. And so getting in the door, period, sometimes is difficult. 
So, you know, let alone getting in the door and knowing I already have this expectation that I have to meet and then a percentage I'm going to have to cut off at the end of my night. It's 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 frustrating sometimes, um, especially whenever you're at a club that doesn't put in the work to protect you or, you know, provide clean locker rooms or just general amenities for the girls. Yeah, they can be lacking sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like there can be some upsides now to, to working from home because you're comfortable. Maybe you hopefully feel like you're in a safe space to do it. And obviously, we're doing it out of a, a needs-based thing because a lot of the strip clubs are closed, given the rules that we're facing right now. So what are some ways that you're seeing your fellow sex workers struggle um, during this time? Oh, man. Uh financially first and foremost right because we don't have our place of work anymore um i know and a lot of local governments or federal governments aren't giving support for people who engage in sex work absolutely and some some of us have been fortunate enough to have received you know um checks from the government during this time stimulus checks but most of us not yeah so it's it's a big struggle and i know that it's causing a lot of grief a lot of stress it's burning girls out. It's burning entertainers out. A lot of my friends are resorting to online sex work, whether it's OnlyFans, AVN, or something like this, a virtual strip club of sorts. There's all types online. And while it can be really fun, it's, it's stressful to have to post all day, create content all day, chat all day. And it's totally different from, from stripping. And while I, I really enjoy online work, it is hard, but I do enjoy it. It's completely different from stripping. And I think that that's, that's a big thing, too, is a lot of dancers specifically who can no longer go to their clubs are faced with this urgent need to switch immediately into sex work and that's uh, online. And that's really overwhelming for some of us, right? What are some of the differences for you? I mean, it sounds like there's an obvious difference of you kind of have to be expected to be on call all day. It's, and like be available for your fans all the time yeah <laughs> it's it's fun especially whenever you're in the mood you're in the groove maybe you got your new outfits you know you got your makeup done it can be a lot of fun but especially on those days whenever you've dedicated your time to your online work yeah you're you are you're constantly on call you're constantly checking your emails and having to sort through make sure that you have everything sent out and is this person pleased have i engaged enough online to promote my work you know it's a lot <laughs> i know that for I mean, this is obviously different, but I have a lot of clients who, you know, when they're trying to go on like online dating sites and somebody messages them and they don't message back like immediately, they get fucking hate messages. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so I wonder, is that is that present? Like if you haven't been around for the day that your fans are like pissed and rude. I absolutely have had people ask for their money back if they've tipped me and not gotten something within an hour. <laughs> It's and and you know at that point I just have to let them know like look like I we have to respect my boundaries I'm a person not a bot <laughs> I promise I mean to. what is that is that just because there's so many people out there they're like oh I could move to the next one it's like this instant gratification expectation I mean, probably I I would imagine it's definitely a saturated industry but like all like all parts of um, maybe dancing right. <laughs> So, yeah, maybe that has something to do with it, but 
it's definitely fun to read through some of the some of the urgent messages that I get some days. <laughs> yeah, because what's going to happen if you don't respond? They're literally going to die. Oh my goodness. Can I just have three hours of sleep? <laughs> that seems like it's hard to balance like meeting needs of clients while also taking care of yourself because if you need to do this for your livelihood you like have to please these folks but then you also need to take care of yourself yeah I'll speak for myself it's been difficult to find that balance I'm I'm starting to slowly find some balance in my work life and home life it's just very difficult to differentiate whenever your work life is in your home. <laughs> it's a lot different than saying, okay, I left the club and I'm done with the club or I left a dinner date. I don't have to see him until next week. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And for some folks, either for yourself or other sex workers that you know and work with, are they struggling to do work from home? And that could be because they don't have a safe space or maybe they're whoever they're living with didn't know they're doing this work or they have kids or like how how are people balancing that oh my goodness I have friends in all alleys I I have a friend who I was just talking to yesterday who has only ever escorted and stripped and she has a four-year-old kid um I won't say too much just without giving her away because she's my fave (laughs) but um she she's never done any sort of online work at all whatsoever and she's been dancing for I think you know over five years now and it's a whole new world and so she saw that I was doing okay with you know my OnlyFans and everything so she asked me for help and I was like okay yeah definitely so I helped her get set up and even then it still just was not something she could really comprehend herself and do herself and I totally understand because whenever I started this it was like it was like peeling an onion every day. It was like a new, there's a new thing I have to learn every single day to get better and better at this online work. Um, and then I have friends who, you know, their partners are not okay with them doing online work. They were only okay with them doing dancing or escorting or whatever it was that they were okay with, right? Um, I have friends who don't have the means to buy the products that they need to be able to cam online. You need a laptop, you need a good phone, you need good lighting, and some people don't have the money to even get those things to start, you know? What can we do for folks in that position? Like, how can people listening help if they are able or want to? Follow sex workers online and just listen and engage and and buy their content, you know? Uh, we don't yeah. always just or do, ask what they need or ask what they need. You know, we, we don't always do just sexy content. Sometimes, you know, I do vegan mukbangs sometimes, right? Um, Wait, what did you say? Vegan what? Vegan mukbangs. <laughs> Wait, what is the last part? I don't mukbang. know if I know what that means. A mukbang is, is basically that? it's it started on YouTube. It's basically where like you eat oh, is this dinner where you online. Eat all the food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just I cook. I, I make something and then I eat my dinner in my lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> this is like where they wear gloves. It's like predominantly I've seen it in like Asian cultures where they uh, wear gloves and just like fucking shovel feast. it in. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to get paid to do that. It's so much fun. But that's my favorite type of content. <laughs> yes. Okay. Support um support hippies content, please. Of eating <laughs> vegan food <Yes>. incessantly. That <laughs> sounds great. Um I mean there's so many barriers. I also think of like community. Like, how are you staying connected to folks? And is that an, is that an issue for people? Yes. 
Um, I'll, I'll go to the example again with partners. A lot of my friends, for example, you know, have partners that don't want them to have um, a sex worker life outside of, for example, dancing. And therefore, they can't really reach out to their stripper friends and talk to them anymore and see how things are doing. Um, and that too, you know, post SESTA FOSTA, all we have is our online community for the most part. And we're constantly being censored. We're constantly being shut down. Um, TVSC, the virtual strip clubs, um, Instagram was shut down three or four times now, um, which made us cancel our shows for a month, uh, which was, uh, it just was, it had a huge adverse effect on, on the club. It was not good news. (laughs) I mean, I want to encourage folks to support all these avenues online and Mm -hmm. what are the legal worries, um, in taking strip clubs virtual? Absolutely. So most of the virtual strip club type things that are going on are on Instagram. That's the easiest way for everyone to have a live audience. It's it's you would think that it would be a lot easier to host something online, but it's really not. Some of the best avenues are, you know, posts or sorry, platforms like Instagram. Um, and with that being said, Instagram censors the fuck out of sex workers. We, we just cannot even post the side of a nipple without getting taken down. Um, or educators or therapists uh, or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, which is so frustrating because I, I've said this on the podcast before, but you go and look at like billionaire Dan Bilzerian's Instagram and he's got like models doing pillow fights and thongs and it's like that's fine because he's dan bilzerian but if you have someone offering like educational or work content that is not almost not even sexualized and, bye. yeah and that's why it's so frustrating it's like where how come they're allowed and we're not <laughs> we're doing the same things right it's not okay but it's a struggle that's ongoing that We as sex workers know we've always had to adapt around rules like this, and we probably always will have to, and that's okay. We're really good at evolving and picking up and doing better for ourselves. We're resourceful bitches. (laughs) Because you've had to be. Absolutely. Yeah, necessity creates creativity sometimes. So with the legal stuff, so there's, you know, issues with Instagram. What, What else have you noticed for pushback or barriers? Um, I've also heard a lot about, you know, Zooms getting shut down. Zoom is another, Zoom is how we host our platform um, with the virtual strip club. And um, whenever whenever you're facing, you know, times post-SESTA and FOSTA, you have to be very careful about the way you word things, the way you represent your graphics, the whole nine. And... It, it's not just limited to Instagram. It's not just limited to Zoom. It also It's across the board. It's also um, down to our payment methods. You know, we can only use things like Cash App. We have to make sure that we use sex worker-friendly payment methods. Otherwise, any money that we even do make can be taken away from us. And it's been known to happen. So... The, there's some there's some scares with doing online work for sure because you never know if even your bank account is going to seize your funds. So I haven't gotten to see a live show yet, but I'm hoping to get to tune into the next one. So please keep me posted. Absolutely. Um, but walk me through how it works. So it's on Zoom. Like, 
how does it work with tipping? How does it work with like <laughs> doing private dance time? Like, yeah, t- walk me through the logistics. Okay, sweet. So the virtual strip club, um, you can follow us on Instagram at TVS club, or you can visit us at the virtual strip club.org. Um, all you would do is either go to our Instagram and click the link or go directly to the website and it'll take you to our homepage, which we created all by ourselves. We're really proud of it. Um, and then you'll click get tickets. Now we have tickets that start at $5. They're donation based. So they're five, 10 and $20. And once you purchase your ticket, you'll receive a link to go to a zoom meeting. That's where we host all of our entertainment. Um, our next show is on June 5th, so we'll have the show at 10 p.m. Central, and we'll have about I'm 10- putting it in my calendar right now. Yes, all of you listeners, you take everything. out your calendar and put it in, and <laughs> even if their Instagram gets taken down, can we hope that it's going on? Yes, absolutely. Even if the Instagram gets taken down, we're also on Instagram at the virtual strip underscore. Um, and we're constantly posting on there. So that way, you know, Twitter is sex worker friendly. Thank goodness. So we're not going to get, you know, shut down from there anytime soon. The show must go on, (laughs) but it's about an hour to an hour and a half every show. Um, and we'll post our handles during the show. We also have an entertainer lineup on the website where you can click the dancers cash apps directly, or even visit their sites directly or book them directly. Um, a lot of our dancers are super excited to do Skype dates, virtual uh, bachelor parties, whatever. We get creative with it. So we're really excited for our next one for sure. We were really disappointed to have to push it out, but this just gives us more time to get really creative with our shows. Okay, so I go into the virtual thing. I'm guessing mm-hmm. maybe you're all in your separate spaces. Mm-hmm. Do you just like trade off who's sharing their screen? Like how do you... Yes. Do you have the audio going? Like, yeah. Yes. So we have an amazing host. I I hope that she's going to host the next one. So I won't announce it just yet. But um, we have had an amazing host um, in the past named Jeezy. And she is super funny. She's in burlesque. She's amazing. Um, And uh, they're going to be hosting it. They'll be, you know, um, on the main screen most of the time. And then as the dancers come up, she's going to announce them like a strip club DJ. It's the best. Um, Next to the stage is Hippie or Karina. (laughs) Absolutely. She does the whole nine. It's a whole act. I love it. And they keep me rolling for sure. Um, But as she calls, as they call the dancers up, we'll spotlight them. So they'll take up the whole screen. You can see chat live at the bottom of the screen. That way you can comment on them. Um, staying and do you disable show. listener videos so like people can you know be private if they want yes, to be? Yes, yes. We turn everyone's videos and audio off so that way you can just comment um, in the chat directly and it doesn't mess with the audio or anything like that. And we do have Jeezy play the audio herself or themselves that way. Um, we don't have any audio issues or things like that. That sounds so fun. Yeah, it's it's a big party whenever we do it. I, I stay the whole time and we drink and smoke and chill. It's super fun. <laughs> and how do people like how do people audition if they want to join the lineup? So if anyone wants to audition, we are definitely taking applications right now. Um, all you need to do is click the link in our bio or go to the virtualstripclub.com and click new entertainer sign up. Um, and all of the information is right there. You basically are just going to have to post once a day for a couple of weeks, and then we'll look at your application and let you know what it is. And we're super excited to invite anybody, not just strippers. We've had doms, oil shows, wax shows, you name it. It gets crazy. 
I'm getting so many ideas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So when someone is on, Mm -hmm. then they have their, like, cash app thing on the screen so you know to, like, that you can tip them. And do people do it? Like, are they, do people tip? Oh, yes, absolutely. I haven't had a lot of the dancers, you know, respond with screenshots for me or anything like that. But whenever I've gone on and Gemma or Phoenix, our other two um, admins, Gemma is also the creator, by the way, she's awesome. Um, Whenever we've gone on, we've gotten great tips and great customers come on to our OnlyFans and sites as well. So it's super exciting. So it's good for that night, but it's also a platform to like, show people where they can hire you for, you know, additional fun. Absolutely. We want our, you know, dancers to feel empowered to, you know, share all of their, all of their endeavors, whether they're doing, you know, bikinis, you know, candles, uh, sex work online, whatever it is, we want to promote what you're doing to help you succeed. What are some of your favorite things to do in your performances? <laughs> so I actually have an oil show coming up myself, and I'm okay. Super for people stoked. who don't know, what is an oil show? <laughs> an oil show is basically this super slow, seductive show where I oil my body and give you a nice tease. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and I've been practicing at home under the red light. I think it's super moody. Okay, what is the best oil for an oil show? It's expensive. Or is it just whatever whatever you got? Honestly, I just like to use baby oil. But if I want to, like, do this for me, too, like, I want this to be, like, a goddess experience as well. <laughs> I'm like, probably good for gonna, your skin. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Coconut oil, man. Oh, my goodness. Some warm coconut oil. <laughs> nice so you can make it into something that's also like feels good and fun for you why not why not <laughs> I would love to hear some of your like best and worst experiences in being a dancer oh my goodness okay my best experience or funniest or like just you know <laughs> you know what my funniest experience actually I was just looking at my baby stripper Instagram my original first Instagram from like three four years ago and um I had this customer that he was so sweet and he would come and give me back rubs that's all we would do and then we would drink champagne for an hour um and he came in one day and he had it was voting season okay and he had his um his voters registration card in his pocket and I was dancing for him and it was absolutely perfect I whispered in his ear I can feel your voter registration card. (laughs) (laughs) So hot. And that did it for the night. He paid me for the night. I think it went really well. <laughs> I hope I hope that um, your sexy dance gave maybe some influence over um, who he was voting for. I would hope so. I would hope so. I think I think I was in his ear. AKA people who support sex workers. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know what? My most annoying night I thought was going to be my most fun night. We had I won't say who, but we had a celebrity come into my home club. And I was so super excited for them to come in. I thought, oh my goodness, this is the first time that I had ever been at work for a celebrity, right? And so I was like, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to make thousands of dollars. There's going to be so many people. It was a packed house and everyone was standing around staring. And the celebrity, I think, paid a total of eight dancers $400 to split our night was so bad and that is like that is the theme of bad nights right is people just standing around looking at the strippers 
how do you, yeah, how do you deal with that, the rejection? Because I, I mean, I've definitely been at clubs before and people are like coming around and, you know, maybe soliciting dances and like, yeah, how do you create this product in that environment when some people can just sit back and not give you money? Oh man, honestly, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a terrible stripper. <laughs> I go in, this is what my night looks like, especially a night full of rejection. I'll go in around 10 or 11 o'clock and I'll get dressed and hang out with my house mom for like 45 minutes. <laughs> and that kind of like preps me. Rest in peace. My house mom just passed away, but she would totally prep oh, I'm me. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, what is you. a, and for people who don't know, what is a house mom? <clears throat> a house mom is this badass, usually older woman who has everything that the strippers need from hugs to kisses to baby wipes. <laughs> she's the best um your house mom should have yeah they should have everything you need food and outfits and love (laughs) sometimes you don't get house moms sometimes you don't get the best house moms but I had a really amazing one but um yeah so I would come in and I'd hang out with her for a little bit prep myself and then I'd go out if the night was full of rejection I would go and plop my ass on a booth and drink a glass of wine for about an hour, play on Instagram, and then give it another go. <laughs> That's what my night of rejection would look like for sure. Or so sometimes, my sometimes you get rejected and you like don't want to do anything. No, I have to, and I feel like a lot of times because I'm I'm a hustler. Whenever I go in, I know I'm going to put in X amount of hours. I know I'm going to make X amount of dollars, and so I have to reset my mind. I have to take those steps back and, and remind myself, I'm a badass. It doesn't matter what they said. It doesn't matter what look they gave you. Go sit your ass down and pout for a second. Remember who the fuck you are and go make your money. And if you don't, try again tomorrow. <laughs> well, whether it's virtual or in person, what are some ways that we can be the best audience members to our dancers? Some of the best ways that you can be. I mean, give money. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, yes. Tip your local sex workers, no matter what alleyway that is. Tip, tip, tip them. Um, And also, as you said before, just ask them how they are and what they need. Um, You know, you can, and even if you don't want to get that personable, whenever you buy their content, just be kind. You know, we're not available all the time, although it may seem that we are since we're constantly posting online. You know, just remember to give us our space and, and remember that we're real people. We're not just strippers or doms or whoever we are all the time. <laughs> what else do you want folks out there to know in terms of how they can help, how they can support um, the virtual strip club? So, again, if you can just follow, 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 and donate for tickets. Um, Our tickets start at $5, $10, and $20 donations, and you can purchase them at thevirtualstripclub.org, or you can visit our Instagram at TVS Club, our Twitter at thevirtualstrip underscore, and you can even participate in our giveaway. So if you donate $20 in our donation tab on the site, you can enter yourself to win a free lap dance from one of our TVSC admins. Whoever you want, whoever's your favorite, there's me, um, Phoenix, uh, Fiery Phoenix, excuse me, and Jim Amay, our awesome creator. 
Amazing. How many folks do you have on your, do you call it a roster? Yes. So right now our roster is in the middle of being revised, um, but we do have about 20 dancers on our roster. Yeah. Amazing. And I imagine there is someone for everyone. Absolutely. Like I said, we have all body types, all ethnicities, all types of, you know, lanes of sex work, all types of kinks. It's a crazy fun show. <laughs> well, I'm so glad and, and honored to meet you. And I can't wait for the next one. I have it in my calendar. It's actually my sibling's birthday that day. So maybe I'll drag them in too. Hopefully oh, I won't have to fun. drag them. I'll, I'll bring them in. <laughs> It'll be a family affair. That um, is so fun. <laughs> and how can people follow the work that you're specifically doing and find you on OnlyFans or whatever else? Oh, thank you. Absolutely. So you guys can always follow me on Instagram at Hippie Hustle. That's H-I-P-P-E-A because I'm vegan. Hustle. Um, it's the same on Twitter and OnlyFans.com slash Hippie K. Um, I'm on there all the time. So you're welcome to talk to me, especially if you're a sex worker. My DMs are always open. Well, thank you so much. And again, if you want to follow what I'm doing at Sluts and Scholars, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. And if you need referrals or resources, you can email at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review. So tip your sex workers and rate and review me. I'm Sunny Megatron from American Sex Podcast. The pleasure podcast question of the month is, what is my number one sex tip for quarantine? My tip is don't freak out about how much sex you do or don't want right now. Stress directly affects libido. And right now, your sex drive might be at zero. Or you might be one of those types that responds to anxiety and fear with increased sex drive. It even has a name, the apocalyptic hornies. So rather being all consumed with, oh my goodness, is this normal? Just take a deep breath. It's normal. You're dealing the best you can, and things might be different for a while. That's perfectly okay. Sometimes just reassuring yourself of this is half the battle. If you want to hear more, check out American Sex Podcast at AmericanSexPodcast.com.